This is DiPietro, Canty, and Rothenberg. Our next guest, few people own their beat better than our next guest, who breaks uh, stories, it seems like, every single day. So maybe by the time this interview is over, he'll break another one. The great media reporter for the New York Post, Andrew Marchand, is nice enough to give us a few minutes on this Monday. Andrew, what's going on, my man? I'm doing all right. Thanks for a very nice introduction, Gordon. Hope everyone out there is safe and, and you are as well. Absolutely. Same to you. All right. I guess we should start with the, the golf yesterday, the, uh, the, the event with Tiger and Phil and Tom and Peyton. Uh, what were your thoughts? Did it live up to whatever expectations you had going into it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought, you know, going into it, I talked to Justin Thomas uh, last week, and he was a course reporter, and he was very good. Uh, and the thing that I took away from him, and I think it's kind of obvious when you think about the event going in, is just the talking I mean, how often do we get to hear really Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Phil Mickelson and, and Tiger didn't talk much, but Tiger as well, uh, where it's not kind of a contrived press conference or something set up. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is a little bit of a controlled environment, but we got to hear them. Uh, and then, you know, I'm not a huge golf person, but, you know, people who love golf, you know, to get to see Tiger and Phil especially because of their level of play and then the reliability of uh, Peyton and Tom Brady uh, on the golf course. I think, you know, it had some, uh, it, it had some appeal. And I think it lived up to it. And I think the, the way the event went and for a good cause, you know, Turner and company raised $20 million uh, plus. So that was, that was good for COVID relief. Is there any features that you saw yesterday that you thought, you know what, that, that, that was really smart and other sports would, I, I thought the access was excellent. But were there any features that you thought that other sports, when they do return, could take from yesterday? Yeah, that's a good question. And there is going to be a transformation in terms of how you watch TV and what you see on air. Uh, how much that is is going to largely depend on the league. So, you know, something we saw with the XFL is sideline reporters talking to players and, and a lot of access during games. And I'm not saying they'll go that extreme. Um, and even, you know, when you look at yesterday, the event is more casual. So uh, I don't know if, if you're in real competition, NBA game, playoff game, where you're going to have that much of um, um, access. But, but one thing you will see likely, and there's no choice for this, is that let's say the NBA sounds like they're going to go through with the Orlando plan, no fans. Uh, for television, you'll have a more enclosed environment. They'll probably need a delay because you'll hear basically everything. But, I mean, to hear players like LeBron, et cetera, talking on the court, uh, I think you could get some fun moments that we haven't seen before that will be different. And then the other aspect, of course, is you know the lack of crowd and will we have crowd noise piped in. I do believe that will be the case. And I do think, I know Fox especially has looked into it, uh, is virtual fans, uh, I think that's a very big possibility, which we didn't see, of course, yesterday. But, uh, but in some of these sports, uh, for people who I've talked to, have looked at it both ways, uh, they make the virtual fans look so real uh, that uh, that I think you could see that. Um, and then when you compare it to no fans, that the atmosphere is that much better. How I feel about it, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm kind of a reality-based uh, person. But, but again, some people that I trust who've seen it say that uh, it really is much better. We're talking with Andrew Marshan, the uh, New York Post uh, media reporter here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Uh, w- explain to me a little bit more what virtual fans are, and maybe I can get over why. Even though I don't know what it is, I just hate the concept of it, even before I know what it is. 
just yeah, the idea of try- virtual, fa- just the name itself, it needs a rebrand. <laughs> you, you might be right. Uh, you're in line with, uh, I talked to Stephanie Drewley, one of the top executives at ESPN about it. She kind of was uh, her first impression, and I'm kind of with her. Her first impression is, eh, I'm not sure about that. But, but here's the thing. It's not like it's old footage of a giant game and, uh, let's say, Saquon well, Barkley. Are, are they superimposed in the stands? Yeah. Well, again, I haven't seen it, so I can't. Okay. So I, what I believe, so... Uh, again, for people who are big gamers out there, so if you look at the video games now, they can make things look so real. That these things, this looks exactly like reality um, that you wouldn't, you would barely even be able to tell the difference. So it's not like, you know, Gordon. I think you're closer to my age. I'm mid forties. Uh, you know, you're thinking of Madden back in the day, or you know, it's right. not like, or you know, a Tech Mobile or something. This is uh, rea- like it, again, they're not real people, so. But the the way it looks is again I haven't seen it. The way it looks, it looks like there are people in the stand, so you wouldn't know better. Now there's a question of do you want to show something that's not reality? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you start there, where do you go? Again, I think sports is a little bit different. You know, we, we kind of get into some of these issues. You know, people want to be entertained, um, and in this time, I don't know. Here's the thing for me overall, the umbrella for it. If you love the sport. You know, and you really love baseball. I think you'll get over it pretty quick that there's no yeah. fans in there, and it's not. But if you are a fringe fan who loves baseball and wants to see the Yankees and watches maybe you know four or five innings a week, or you know a couple of innings here, a couple of innings there, I do think the atmosphere and the energy that you know that you're going to miss you know, over time. Not when it first comes back, people will be very excited, but over time you may say, you know what, I could use a little enhancement here to get my juices flowing. Of course, that does raise the question, if you're doing a game at Yankee Stadium, do you have fans behind home plate or not? Because if you're trying to do, you know, make <laughs> right. it look reality. They'll look just like normal, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like people, things that people think are going to be a big deal, like they forget, like you just kind of adjust to things very, very quick. It's like moving into a new house. When you first move into a new house, it's like, oh, this house is... It's so different and everything. And then you're there for two weeks and it feels like you always live there. You know what I mean? Like, I think that you, people will adjust to the no fans thing if they just give it a little bit of a chance, especially for the people that are going to be watching these games who are, you know, in large part, the diehards. Yes. And I, well, I think here's the thing also is that, you know, whenever we go back to work, whatever anybody out there does, you know, a lot of us have been working from home uh, who are lucky enough to still have jobs. Um, and, but then we're, eventually we're going to start to go back. And what that looks like, you know, is going to be in phases, as we know. And mm-hmm. so when you talk about television, even like the event yesterday, just putting on these events is much different. I mean, the trucks that they've used you know, for the last four decades are very tight trucks. They do not promote social distancing. So those are out. You have to, have to reimagine, you know, how they're doing that. And some of the stuff is being done uh, back in the network studios that used to be, you know, on site, uh, they're trying to have less people. So just the fact to get these shows on uh, is is impressive. But then when you add to it, they do want to make it. They, they I, I do think you watch. Like I don't know if you've watched any of the German soccer on on FS1. That's a world feed. And like I like soccer a lot, but I think if you are a person who doesn't like soccer a lot, the announcers that they're using on the world feed aren't exactly that great in terms of telling the stories. I do think play-by-play guys and, and girls, uh, uh, you know, especially are going to show what they're worth uh, when we come back uh, because, 
It's just the importance of telling stories and the excitement that you bring to a game is going to stand out even more You know, if there's no fans, even if you're piping in uh, crowd noise or if there's virtual fans. I think that's going to stand out more, analysts as well. And so there's going to be more value on, on those people. But, but so I guess we're talking about virtual fans and all these things. I mean, the networks are going to look at everything to try to figure out how they can make it so it's good. And, and it, it, will be, it will be interesting to see where we go. And I think the biggest thing also, and this is kind of true everywhere with the pandemic and going back to work, is that it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all kind of scenario where you, see, you might see something different in basketball and baseball compared to football. We're talking with Andrew Marchand of the New York Post here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. All right, so I guess the biggest uh, beneficiary of the uh, pandemic sports-wise was The Last Dance, which from a TV perspective, you know, kind of had this fantastic opportunity and they ran with it. Uh, one thing that I was wondering, in this, day, in this day and age of streaming, do you think that we're going to see now more episodic dep- uh, documentaries in the future? You know, we had the 10-part OJ one which when you first heard there's going to be a 10-part documentary on OJ, I, I know for myself, I was like, oh, God, who needs that? But then you saw that, and that was phenomenal. And then the Bulls documentary, 10 parts. It obviously would have to be something that fits that niche that deserves 10 parts. But do you think that more and more we're going to see more uh, documentaries where it's not just a two-hour documentary on a subject? I mean, that's the trend overall in video, you know, starting with you know Netflix and how that's presented mm-hmm. in terms of, episodes and binge watching the issue that i think you run into it's like you know espn now signed a deal with tom brady uh where he'll, he'll be involved in its nine episodes and i'm not sure if tom brady has the um story that he's gonna uh unveil as a current player uh like jordan does you know when you're looking back mm-hmm. 20 years later uh you know jordan obviously has a lot of acts to grind uh, and so, again, you're, you weren't – it was entertaining. It wasn't necessarily – there was some journalism in it. It wasn't really journalistic, in my opinion, because you have, you know, ESPN, you have Jordan, you have the NBA all involved. It was very good. I mean, it was fun. Uh, but so I guess the, to, the, to answer your question, I think they would like to do that, and it makes sense. But you just need the right topics. The OJ topic, obviously, there's so much more – uh, involved in that besides the, the crime that was committed, but just, you know, race in America. And, and Jordan is, you know, the Babe Ruth of our generation. So getting him talking, uh, which you don't see, uh, was very interesting uh, on, on a number of levels. Uh, so I think it's possible. I just don't know if there's the, if there's the depth for, you know, for so many topics you know, to, to, to delve into. And also you need the cooperation. So there's a, there's a lot. So I think they'd like to, but I don't know if there's as many uh, categories that you could go into to go that deep uh, for 10 parts. Uh, you are constantly uh, keeping track of all the uh, NFL broadcasting teams, the possibilities. When do you think that there will be a decision on Monday Night Football? Yeah, I think they're going to wait and see. Uh, you know, I've reported Steve Levy, Dan Orlovsky, Lewis Riddick, uh, and Brian Greasy are the main um, contenders uh, to be the to be in the booth. Uh, but if they're and it looks like we're going to have college football, I think at least in some uh, realm, at least at this moment. So, but if they didn't, then they could ESPN simply could move over uh, Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, I think it will be you know two or three of those. You know, obviously Levy's the, the front runner for the play by play position uh, at this point, but. Uh, 
but yeah, I don't. They're not in a rush. I, I think. I, I think you 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 expect to see it if they think college football is going to happen. Then you you think they make a decision though relatively soon because you do want to start preparing. Um, now, if they just went with Levy and Greasy, that team has worked together in the past, so that would be an easier transition than if you're trying uh, someone new with Levy. Uh, like Orlovsky or Riddick, or if uh, if, you, if they did go with a trio, I'd recommend a two-man team. Keep it simple um, because they've gotten into trouble trying to be uh, reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I mean the fact that they went outside the box last time, at least in terms of the play-by-play guy. The one I know you you brought this up as a possibility, even though he's not the front runner. Uh, Bob Boshusen to me would be the perfect guy. I mean, he's got the pipes. He 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 does the dramatic calls perfectly. He does the nuts and bolts perfectly. He works at the network. Uh, do you see uh, a possibility that he could be the, the guy when this is all said and done? Yeah, if it were me, if I were the one picking it, I would consider Levy. I would consider Rasuzin. I would consider Dave Pash. And I would have considered Adam Amin, who's left for Fox now. Now, you look at Rasuzin and Pash, the big issue that ESPN has, and this isn't their you know, fault, and this was you know, something that Joe Tessitore uh, ran into, is that because they only have their premier spot with Monday Night Football, they don't have other NFL games. So they don't have someone who's an NFL guy to just promote into those spots, except they do, in that Rashusen and Pash both do uh, the NFL on radio. Uh, Pash does uh, the radio for the Arizona Cardinals, and, of course, Rashusen's on your station here in New York doing the Jets. And so – they do have some – they have an experience. They're top college football play-by-play guys. Pash, of course, also does uh, NBA, and Rashusen does college hoops. So, yeah, I would consider those guys as well. Um, to my knowledge thus far, that has not happened. Now, could it change? Like, you know, again, I've said leading candidate. I Until you have that, you know, distinction as the number one guy, then you don't – all bets are, are off. But they, they seem to be – in the Levy camp from everyone I've spoken to. So I, I do think right now he's the front runner unless something were to change. We're talking with Andrew Marshan here, 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Uh, last one, Andrew. Uh, I know it's been a few years now or maybe a couple of years, but you previously covered the Yankees. You have a lot of uh, insight into baseball and, and contacts in baseball. What's the feeling within the people in broadcasting baseball that you speak to about the odds of a baseball season being played? Do they have any uh, feel one way or the other? I think at this point most people think they're going to play. Uh, the disagreement between the players and the owners, I mean, this isn't you know about money and all that stuff. This is There's a lot of posturing that goes in, but at the end of the day, I think both sides know they have much more to lose if they can't come to an agreement than they – uh, then if they give a little bit, so I just think I think they'll. Most people believe that they'll come to an agreement uh, because it just it just be worse off for them, you know, going forward if they if they cancel a season. Uh, it just it just it just doesn't make any sense. So I think at the end of the day they will come to an agreement and there will be baseball. How you'll hear it and and how you'll see it will be different. Uh, for example, in the broadcasters. On the road, you're likely not going to see Michael Kay and company on the road. And same thing for Gary, Ron, and Keith over at SNY on the road. At home, you could see them in the broadcast booth. And then in terms of how it's delivered, again, to the fan, they might not notice, but most likely the home teams, a regional network. So if the Yankees were at home, yes, would handle the broadcast. And they're playing the Orioles, so the Orioles home market would get the yes video. And maybe they would... 
uh, do it a little bit differently, not as Yankee focused perhaps and more even keeled. So you're doing both, but in the same, it would be in reverse uh, when the Yankees were at Camden Yard. So, yes, I think you'll see a season. Uh, you know, the big question is, and this is not from a sports media perspective, I do think the virus will decide these things. You know, how are we containing mm-hmm. it? And, you know, is it an issue? How big of an issue is it? I think people will put up with it being somewhat of an issue uh, in terms of it. I don't think it's, you have this many people involved in these sports, but if it becomes, you know, it becomes drastic and, and we have major issues, then I think you'll you could see shutting it down again. So, but at right now, I'm I'm optimistic they'll play. Andrew, thanks for a few minutes, man, and enjoy your uh, your day off for the rest of the day. Thanks, thanks, Lord. You too. <laughs> All right, there's Andrew Marchand. Does a fantastic job covering sports media. Has done a lot of things in his career. Nice enough to give us a couple of minutes. DiPietro, Canty, and Rothenberg weekdays at ten on ninety eight point seven ESPN.